0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation.
1: And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson, hoping and praying that your 2019 is off to a good start as we uh, look forward to all that God's going to do for us, through us uh, in this coming year. We're excited about how far God has brought us. Pastor Steve, uh, the last recorded episode we did was 57. Mm-hmm. And uh, so today is 58 of, of Shouts away, of Grace man. Radio. Yeah, yeah we oh, hope Over wins. a year yeah doing this together we
2: hope everyone's blessed by it um you know and and on that note i think if you know if you're a listener and you would like to um, maybe hear something, you know, mm-hmm. like you had a topic or you'd really like us to uh, kind of expand on something, drop us an email, you know, go to com and just, um, or you can get in contact with, with Pastor Keith at, at River Community Church or myself at Redemption Hill and drop us an email. We, we'd love to accommodate that and, and you know, and, and include you in that interactions.
1: Yeah, we'd definitely love to get more input, especially on topics that are of, uh, you know, concern to you or some like a Bible question that you have and, you know, we love to open the God's Word and see what it has to say. So we're all in this together to grow and to learn through God's Word. You know, Pastor Steve, as we wrapped up this last year and began a new year, I remember um, it just kind of seemed to be a, a higher volume than I recall uh, of of this pitch to give your money at the end of the year. Hmm. Right, December thirty first is coming. Send you know support our ministry. Give to the church. Your tax deductible donations. Yes, we are going to talk about money today, but it just, it, it kind of astounded me the high volume. I mean, my mm. email was just filled with every last nonprofit entity, church, and Girl Scout bake sale type of a thing. Like, <laughs> wow, these people are really aggressive. And I get to thinking about it because as pastors, we are often faced with you know this razor wire of how to deal with the subject of money and how to mm. deal with the subject of stewardship. So we're going to deal with that today from a very familiar passage 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that talks about the kind of giver, the kind of generosity that God is calling us to. And but but I think it it'd be really helpful. I know for me, I need it, man. Uh but it would be really helpful I think for all of us to kind of deal with some of the misconceptions and the abuses mm. when it comes to this appeal or this this demand that as a follower of Christ you need to be giving money, you probably even have to talk about the subject of tithing, what tithing is and what tithing mm. isn't. I know for me, when I think of the church, I, just growing up in it, I don't think of money. right? I think of the gospel and I think right. of all those things. But so many people... Whether they grew up in it or they didn't grow up in it, whatever their religious experience is, when when you start thinking of church or you think of um, TV pastor, or TV personality that's a Christian televangelist, mm. um, listening even to radio, those kind of things, you hear it and it just seems like over and over again, you know, money, money, money. And some people say, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with somebody that's always, you know, asking for my money. And so right. I just think it, it it'd be really helpful. Let's let's talk about this and and let's address some of those. Uh, misconceptions, but obviously we want to lead people into a biblical understanding right. of the topic of money.
2: Right. You know, Keith, when I was, <clears throat> I believe I was eight, seven or eight years old, I went to the refrigerator, I grabbed a carton of milk, I poured myself a bowl of cereal, I ate the cereal and then immediately spit it out. And the milk was bad, right? And that was seven, at, that was when I was seven years old, ever since that day, Every time I go to the refrigerator and I grab milk, I smell it first, without question. Mm-hmm. And here, here's the point: because I had such a bad experience, I now approach milk with with a with already this idea that something is wrong. I'm already I'm already suspect of it. And so mm-hmm. I gotta you know it's there's just I'm smelling it. I want right. to and, and when it comes to money in in, in a religious context, uh, you know it's it's the same thing, Keith. It really is. If people get a bad a bad experience. If 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 this if this topic is misused or abused, it, it seems like they're they're sniffing the motives every time now, right? And it's and, and it's kind of that same idea, and and they do that for the rest of their life, and they're approaching the subject as if as if there's already something wrong or negative, and that's unfortunate because when it comes to money. You know there is a God honoring biblical way, and 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 frankly, you know f- philosophy that that should be promoted in the church that isn't. But now people just hear, mm-hmm. you know, you know, here here comes the tithe plate, you know, where, <laughs> you know. Just like I thought, they're, they just want your money. You, right. know, you hear that all the time. All, all, the church wants is your money. And, and, and so that's unfortunate. And I think, I think maybe over the next two episodes, we can kind of lay the groundwork for what is unhealthy, you know, and then also talk about, hey, th- this is something that's legit. It's a part of what we give to God. Our time, talent, and treasure. A treasure is a part of that. And it's not because God's in need or God's broke or it, it's because it's something God commands. And there are laws attached to it. Right. right? And, right. And, and I think we need to look at that in, in a right way, because there's a lot of people even today that are, that have relationships with God um, that are in a religious um, environment that even their motives and why they give, you know, is are, are maybe a little skewed. And mm-hmm. so I think this mm-hmm. would be this would be helpful.
1: Well, and you mentioned something about laws and what we're not talking about is a legalism. We're talking about laws of gravity we're talking about you know uh, in leadership there's laws of attraction there's laws of influence uh, in business there's there's laws of re- investment and return on investment and that's what we're talking about when we give biblically when we handle the financial resources that we've been given by God biblically there are laws in effect and there are outcomes because of that and the same way when we mishandle what God has provided to us than their law. So just just if you're as you're listening, if we're not talking about a legalism, although right. we will address legalism when it comes to giving, we're talking about return on investment. We're talking about consequences or right. or actions that that lead to reaction. So um, okay, so I just want to read this short passage here from Second Corinthians nine. We'll we'll probably dig into it a little bit more, but here is what we often hear when someone is speaking, preaching, communicating about giving, they'll go to Second Corinthians nine, six and they'll say, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse seven says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Um so I, I will often hear, you know, if you sow sparingly, then mm-hmm. you're gonna reap sparingly. If you're if you're poor, it's because you're not given enough, and mm. and we're even addressing just directly. We're ad- addressing this this concept of a prosperity theology, prosperity doctrine, uh, where God just wants everybody to be rich and everybody to, um, you know, have overflowing resources and finances and all these kind of things. It's not to say those things are bad, but I, that's definitely a misapplication mm. of the kind of prosperity that God is calling us to, and and so that scripture will be used to say, hey, if you if you give us a hundred. God will give you a hundredfold, you know, a hundred times a hundred, and 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 you hear that message often. So, how, what is this verse actually saying? Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Hmm.
2: Well, I'll tell you something, Keith. First, let me let me take one step back and and say this. Sure. The, the there is a. There is a gospel that has permeated the church. It it started really after World War II, mostly in the in in the Pentecostal movement, and gained a lot of traction in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, and and now has seen the outcome. Um, in in the fact that that um this this gospel of prosperity has wounded the minds of so many as as to what and who Christ really is, and and this idea um of this prosperity gospel really kind of centers around a number of things that that the Abrahamic covenant is really a means to a material entitlement right mm-hmm. that that this is something that God why God instituted this you know um that that faith is something that is self-generated right that has a material uh, benefit at at the end of that um that Jesus's atonement extends to um cover the sin of material depravity right mm-hmm. so if you're if, if you don't have the material items of this world it's only because you haven't claimed it and you don't have enough faith right and so you you have this type of um, this type of quote-unquote gospel, which is a false gospel, it's permeated the church, and here's what it's done over the past 40 years: it's trained the minds of the people to focus on this very anthropocentric gospel, a man-centered gospel mm-hmm. that it's all about you. And God wakes up in His, you know, e- eternal morning. You know, not that that exists, but He wakes up, and he's His first thought is you, and how He can bless you, and what He can do for you materially, and 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 how He could take you out of poverty and move you on, and and it's just this this whole gospel that says it's you it, it you know and, and it's not in scripture keith and here's the reality you know god if god wanted everybody to be rich they'd be rich sure. If god wanted everybody to be healed from their diseases they would be healed right the reality is god uses and ordains all of that to conform a person into the image of Christ. That's God's supreme desire for mm. a person. And so, you know, when we start talking about a gospel that's about you and how God can cater to your needs and bless your needs, then the outcome of that, the income of that, or the, the outcome of that is not a glorification to God. It's self-aggrandizement. You're just right. kind of looking at yourself and going, well, well I want to get mine because God has, you know, and, and Jesus becomes the, the person that's in the trunk, not the person that's, that's driving the car. And so, you know, it, it's a damaging to the soul keith because, it know?
1: reminds me of that parable that jesus talked about the man who kind of surveyed his wealth and he's mm-hmm. looking around and he says man look what i've done look what i've accumulated i'm going to tear down these storehouses i'm going to build bigger storehouses mm-hmm. you know i'm I, I need more room for my wealth you know and and in the in the parable jesus said he was a fool because he did not realize that his very life would be required him, of him that day and and he was looking at his material wealth as a as self approval, right? The, I am a self made person. Look what I have accomplished, and and some you, when you look at that, that does not agree with this yeah. idea that we're supposed to survey our prosperity and say, look at what we've achieved. Look what right. God, you know, right. e- even in kind of a, a a falsely humble way to say, you know, oh, I'm so good. This is what God's done because I've been so good and so faithful and. You know, it's like, yeah. well, that's kind of risky. There, why have you been so faithful? Is it because you're so good? Yeah, <laughs> or is it because God's made you and, good?
2: And there's something devilish in this too, Keith. Because what happens is, um, ultimately, as you do this and you have this type of mind, it leads and crosses a line to where you think your right standing by God is really assessed by the faith by which you have obtained things. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this in people where where, you know, if I don't have what I have, if I'm not if, if 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 I don't have the wealth, if I don't have the health, if I don't have all this, my faith is lacking. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if my faith is lacking, I must not be right with God. And it leads to this downward spiral of self-condemnation. And those people end up a lot of times really struggling their entire life because they're using this idea of wealth and this idea of attainment as the as the as the marker by which their faithfulness of god is determined you know their faithfulness to mm-hmm. god is determined mm-hmm. you cross that over into a larger religious context and organizations grab onto this right. keith and then right. they start saying look if you want to be righteous before god Then you need to have paid this. If you want to, and, and, and there's even times where I've even heard situations where if you haven't given what your portion should be, people even come and ask for it. And and it's like, it's like, you you look at stuff like that and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This flies in the face of what Mm -hmm. this verse is talking about. And so the damage to that, Keith, is it ultimately can lead to this, this, this self-righteousness that says, because I have this, I've done this. God has rewarded me because I have done this and that is the antithesis of the gospel it's the antithesis of 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 the concept of money in scripture and the law that we read here hmm. in second corinthians chapter 9
1: and so instead of measuring our faith by Christ we're measuring our faith by what's in our bank account
2: by what's in our bank account and i would say this the consequences of our perceived faith in this in in light of this we 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 look at how we're living we look at what we've been giving as if god is a genie and based on what we have we then measure our faithfulness to god and say i'm right and i'm in good standing because i have this wow
0: you're listening to shouts of grace radio with pastor steve pearson and pastor keith radke at shouts of grace radio we're thankful for the encouragement from key radio reaching utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in provo utah Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: So pretty intense, Pastor Steve. How are we measuring our faithfulness to Christ? How are we measuring God's work in us? Are we measuring it by what we have been able to accomplish, by what we have accumulated, by our own personal prosperity, by standards given to us? Or are we measuring them by Christ? If you're just tuning in, we've been talking from Second Corinthians chapter 9. We're talking about the issue of giving, of generosity, of prosperity, what the Bible has to say about this topic. And 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says that if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly, and if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully, and each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God live, loves a cheerful giver. Pastor Steve, what are the, some of the ways that people give out of compulsion? They give because they feel pressured, obligated to do. Hmm.
2: So, in every man, the Bible tells us that eternity lies within the heart of man. And so, so whether you're a believer or not, there there are nagging questions in your soul that there is a God, right? And and when you when you take that into a religious context where people do believe in there's a God re, re, in a God, rather wh- whether or not they're serving him or not, there there's something that that that's in the heart of man that gives access for the outside world. To jump in, right? And so let, let me give you an example. If God exists, which he does, and people realize that God exists, now I become susceptible to the suggestions of what God is all about. Right. If I take money and, and, and I, and I intrude into that platform and I use that platform as the basis to which I can now bring my own, my own ideas to extract from people what I want, it's a powerful, um, it's, 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 it's just really powerful because people, you already have them captive because Mm. they want to know what God wants for them, you know? And so now I come in and, and let's say I'm, I'm watching TV and I see some guy that's telling me the reason that you owe is because you do not sow, right? You haven't sowed a seed. So that's why you're in need, right? Well, I'm looking at my life and I'm thinking, well, wow, I am in need. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in debt and and this bill and that bill. And, And the reason is, is because I haven't sowed. Right. right. So right. now what he has done is he's tapped in to a sensitivity that I have towards wanting to please God has told me this is what will please God and now he's captivated my emotions mm. and he's just lured me in to doing something that God has never called me to do and so now what do I do I get out my check he says touch the screen I touch the screen and now I'm going to be healed of my cancer right I mean he it's tapping into the emotional makeup of a person in a vulnerable state and compelling them to give in order to have that need met not realizing that God does not do that right god there's very there, there might be a very re- good reason why I'm in that need and it isn't I don't get out of it by paying God off and so there it, it's it's a it's it's di- Diabolical because you're tapping in to something that's sensitive to people and you're using it for your own gain or what the Bible would say you're feeding
1: yourself and, and just, you know, being real here. You're tapping into a person's insecurities. Yeah, you're tapping into a person's vulnerabilities, right? If a person is in need and they hear that message, you know, they they keep going, oh, man, I just I just feel like I, I need so much. And then they turn on the TV and it says, if you're in need, sow a seed, right? Right. You know, I'm in debt. My debt's overwhelming. You know, you you owe because you don't sow, and and it's how do they know? You know, and there's this. There's this insecurity in because us. Because
2: Everybody's in debt, and everyone all has of a need. us are.
1: Everybody <laughs> is. It's easy, and you know, it, I, I'm just going to put it out there. It reminds me of sales marketing, right? I mean, yeah. people get trained on how to interact with people, even how to sit across the table from somebody and mimic their emotions. So you start to feel like this person somehow. I don't quite get it. Subconsciously, I'm relating to them. Hmm. You know, we uh, there there are people who are doing the same thing verbally and and with obviously you know media is very captivating. You know, you can watch a a, a fantastically charismatic message with all the lights and all, everything going on in the show where you can listen to a very emotional story about this little kid who needs your money and you know mm-hmm. and all these kind of things and you know people aren't going to get saved if you don't and you know, oh my goodness I don't, I don't want. and next thing you know you know people are actually writing these kind of checks and sending this kind of money out of their poverty even out of debt like using mm-hmm. debt and it's like that's not what God called us to he didn't call us to sow out of our debt or out of insecurity or out of uh you know the manipulation of our emotions, the manipulation of our vulnerabilities, he's called us to give cheerfully. He's looking mm. for joyful giving. Yeah. Joyful. So let's 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 talk to that person who is manipulating mm. people for money. Pastor Steve. I would
2: say this. Um number one Um, God is not broke. And for those of you, individuals or churches or organizations that are fleecing God's people and demanding money in return for righteous standing before God, then you should, you would do well, um, to read what God says to the shepherds in Ezekiel 34 Mm. Woe to you, shepherds who feed themselves and not my flock. You pulling resources from God's people and God's flock in order to satisfy your own fleshly desires will have an end that God says in his word of those people, their end lingers not. There is an end to that, and that is if you hurt the body of Christ, then you are accountable to God. And so I would urge you to stop it. Now, here's the problem. Riches are very deceitful, Keith. Mm-hmm. And when somebody has tapped into an underground reservoir of, of fortune at the expense of people's faith, they're not going to listen. So they're going right. to usually take that to the end. But I would say this to the people that are writing those checks. The Bible says in Matthew chapter six, I believe it is, that we're to store up our treasures in heaven where, raw, where, where rust and moth cannot destroy, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where it's safe. And I understand the people that you're writing these checks to are saying, you know, well, using the same verse and saying, store up for your treasure, yourselves treasures in heaven. Well, you, you can't get to heaven, so you do it through earth, through us. No, the treasures that God's talking about are treasures of integrity. They're talking mm. about treasures of wisdom and how you spend your time, talent, and treasure. And when you send money to a person who purchases a jet so he can fly around the world personally so he doesn't have to sit next to somebody while he's praying, I would ask you, is that integrity? Is that wisdom is that you know when 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 you look at uh, when you look at second corinthians chapter eight it says that the churches in macedonia gave they gave out of their deepest need but it says they gave out of their poverty because of the need of somebody else now you need to determine if the need is legitimate before you give because you're accountable for your resources right Mm -hmm. just because somebody says you know there's a there's a dying dog let's go you know write me a check or or hey i you know i put, put you know, there's, there's this, there's this need of the world, put your hand on the screen and we can, how do you know that? You know what I mean? So, so look into what you invest in and, and yes, you can invest out of your poverty if that's what God's calling you to do above and beyond what you're doing at church. But you know what? Make sure what you're doing is sound. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't just throw it to the wind because there are people out there, Keith, that live, that live to actually, you know, I'll give you an example real quick. There's an organization in, in Salt Lake City now that actually has people come to work every morning in a warehouse, dress up as beggars, take carts, and go and stand on the corners of off-ramps with signs, and they make anywhere from 75 to $350 a day. It's a sham. It's fake. They're presenting themselves as beggars, and in the process, what they're doing is they're 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 creating this this disdain in people's hearts, which looks negative at the people that really do beg, right? Th- that really do have a need, right. and it's the same thing in the church. You have people that stand up and present the gospel in this needy context, as if God is broken in debt, right? And what ends up happening is it it, it because it's fake, it turns everybody off to the real need that is in the body of Christ. So be wise with how you invest.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, be wise. And that really is what God has called us to do is to be wise with the resources that he has provided for us in the first place. We're coming to the conclusion of this message on quite a bit of a serious note, but we believe this is a serious matter because money and wealth is a part of who we are as people. We deal with economies and we deal with the need to buy and to sell just to get by in life and and i think there's a there's a way that god has called us to view to approach to handle money to handle resources and and our prayer is that today's episode and the next episode will be of a benefit to you as uh, as as we open the Scriptures together. So we're going to just wrap it up right here. On, on that note, uh, visit shoutsofgraceradio.com to listen to this episode again and any previous episodes. And next time we're together, we'll conclude this topic on what God wants us to do with the resources He's provided. God bless you and thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.